0: Welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. This is the show for ambitious, value-driven business owners who are actively building a business that works for them. Hi, I'm Mae James, and I'm here to make scaling your business easier and more rewarding than ever. Each week, we will dive into simple, sustainable strategy and pragmatic leadership discussion to support you as you take imperfect action on your entrepreneurial journey. If you want to stay ahead, exceed your growth goals and have a purposeful, thriving business, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome back to the Honest Business Podcast. I hope you are very, very well. You are joining me today for a really interesting episode, I hope. I'm going to talk about a recent sales experience, actually number of experiences. I've had quite a few um, of things I was trying to buy or acquire for the business. So these are B2B business transaction experiences and I'm going to share with you lessons that I took from them. So I have about 12 different things and Yeah, I am just, they're learnings that you can take from where things felt a bit challenging or things were disappointing or people missed the mark or actually it was really good and I really enjoyed certain things. And I thought this would be really interesting from a consumer's perspective, um, as someone who does buy a lot of stuff for their business, for you to learn and take away so that when you are trying to win clients, to serve your clients, to find new clients, make sure that in your sales process um, that you have these things in there. So, Let's dive into it. The first thing, and, and what I just want to make this clear, it's going to be quite um, obvious what I'm about to say. <laughs> like Nothing that I'm going to say is really wow, I don't think, but it's just a reminder for you. And it's also maybe to get you thinking about it in a different way and actually going through and auditing your current um, sales process, your current sort of set and setup and seeing, have you got all of this in place and where can you improve? Because We can all improve all of the time. There's always stuff that we can be doing um, to make our sales process better for our potential clients. So number one, you need to know your product. This sounds simple, but really important. If you are the person selling the service, whether that's you're the founder, whether you're a salesperson, part of a sales team, you need to know your product. And it's really clear when you don't and it's really challenging because it makes the sales process harder for the person that is trying to buy and i think if you don't know your product or service well it's really tricky because you're sort of selling something that you're not fully really bought into and you don't really get what what's next the second point is do not have your link in your bio just be a direct calendly link. What I mean by that is, if you are saying, go and book a call in the link in bio," or you know, if someone's come across you and wants to buy from you, and all that there is is a calendly link. but there's no context on that. There's no kind of context about what you do. There's no way I can find out more about you. There's no context. That becomes really tricky. Because you're sort of sort of booking a call, but you don't actually know them. Now, when people have just a Calendly link in their... Sorry if you can hear my stomach rumbling as well, by the way. I can hear it, so I don't know if you can or not. <laughs> but I apologise. When you put that as just your pure link in your bio, you're kind of appealing and assuming that you're catering to people who are already really quite far down your funnel. So they're at the conversion stage, essentially. But what that's not catering to is the people who are actively looking for something. So a problem aware and solution aware, but don't know if you are the right solution, but want to try and find that out on their own. You're not allowing that to happen. And so therefore the sale that everybody wants, where someone just finds you and buys from you within the space of an hour, a day, a week, which let's face it, that's what loads of people want. You're removing that completely. You're just completely taking it away and saying, no, sorry, like you can't have that and that happened to me on numerous occasions and it meant that I didn't even consider purchasing from those specific vendors which is really sad right because they might have been absolutely perfect but because I couldn't find out enough that didn't work more on that as well of of like you need to be across your like make it easy for people to understand who you are So even if you do have the calendar link as the first thing, on your Instagram, have you got video of you? Have you got video of you speaking? Because often when you're looking for someone to work with or someone to buy from, people want to hear the person that they're buying from. They want to hear their voice. It helps to build trust. It helps to build that recognition. And so for a lot of people, you go on their Instagram and you can't see them speaking. That immediately is an off-putting thing for me. Immediately it's like a no-go. Because I'm having a human interaction with someone, if I'm purchasing a service, I want to know their voice, I want to understand them, I want to see how they behave, I want to see how they talk. All of that's really important for building the picture, and building the picture of the brand that they're representing. And this all comes back to brand and brand recognition, and it's really, really important. So I'd highly suggest that you have a page ideally that's on your website that's a links page where you have two or three links one can be a calendar link to book a call or a different link to book a different type you know a different service but have somewhere where people can understand who you are maybe it's a website maybe it's just like scrolling down the page and there's an about you section but let people understand what it is that you're about and how you can help them number three put prices on your website please for the love of god start doing this ideally put the actual price that it is but as a minimum put from two grand from 10 grand from 20 pounds like just put the price even if it's like starts from I'm not saying you have to like I know sometimes it's bespoke and you know depends on x y and z thing but please 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 put the price if you do not put the price on something I am not reaching out to find that I'm too busy I've got too much going on to be chastened for the bloody price of something. It's 2023, get over yourself with pricing, get on with it and just put it on there. It's so, so, so important. And I would say that if you want clients who are proactive, who are easy to work with, who are doing really cool things in business, who are leaders in their space and who are easy clients, like, let's be honest, who are, who are nice people to work with, I would say 95% of those will turn around and say to you, they ain't going searching for a price because they don't have time. And so then people were like, oh, I don't want to put price on the website because I don't want to deter people. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Do you want those clients anyway? Because I don't care. Someone can say something's 100 grand on the website. That's not going to deter me if that's what I want. And so really, really stand clear on your pricing and put it on the website and at least give people an indication of where is it from? Because I don't want to waste anyone's time and inquire about something if it's four times the price of what my allocated budget is. Likewise, I also don't want to discount it because I think, you know, maybe I just move on because I haven't got the price and something. Actually, it's way cheaper. And that happened a lot for the thing I was buying. The thing, the people that didn't have the price on the website, I know because of various other sources that actually they were lower priced. It's like, why are you not putting it on? It just doesn't make sense. Number four, if you are nervous on a sales call, people can feel it. So please be confident. <laughs> like, get your sales reps in. You need to be practicing your sales conversations, your sales activity. The only way that's going to get better is by you doing more of them. So dedicate time to being better at it. Like, really sit there and say, right, I am going to get better at this because I have to because my business depends on it. Having people on calls, especially if you're hiring someone else to do your sales calls, you need to make sure that they are confident. Because when you feel that energy, it's really off-putting. Like, if someone's really anxious on the call, or they can tell that actually they're like, I'm not sure about this, or they're really unprepared, it really comes across as a consumer. And it's been really interesting, actually, because I've had quite a few calls with various people, and some have been fab, and some have been really good. um, And it's been fabulous, and really smooth, and really easy, and others... It's been interesting. <laughs> like, It's been a bit of a time. And actually on some of them, I've had other team members on a call. Like I've had me and someone else. If it's something for a specific like department of the business. And it's been really apparent. And both of us have come off the call and said, oh, that, that didn't feel good. Like for the other person who was selling to us, like it didn't feel flowy. It didn't feel very like, it didn't make us think, yeah, we really want to buy from them. We weren't that confident in them number 5 your values really matter so when we talk about values this needs to be laced into your sales strategy the reason being is they help people convert quicker so i was reading through loads of different websites for various different things as i say this whole this whole sales experience thing it's not on one experience it's actually across multiple different purchases that i've made and multiple different options of potential vendors in those different things and one thing that helped me to work out did I want to have a sales call with them or not or what were they even going to go on a short list of people we might use that came down to values and people who explicitly shared their values and said like this is what I stand for this is what I believe in this is the situation this is our vibe those were easy yeses. Those were the ones where I was like, okay, yeah, we really like them or I really appreciate that that's really open and honest or I understand more about them as a person and them as a business. And so that in itself is really huge. Like your values will attract people. They'll also repel people, but that's what you want. You want it to help guide people through their sales the sales funnel. But without you having to do anything like this is all stuff that you can create once, put on your website and it's doing work for you whilst you're doing whatever you want to do in your life. That's really important and links back to the idea of number two that we were talking about. Number six, this is about differentiation and how you can be different. And I hope that this gives you something to think about and some thought because I think this is really exciting. So You can be different and differentiate yourself by giving detail and depth. Appeal to the analytical buyer. Lots of people refrain from appealing to the analytical buyer because they think, oh, you know, people don't want like loads and loads of detail or they don't want to know loads and loads of things. But I am proposing that you do. You give detail and you give depth. Because when I was shortlisting things and looking at things. Um and actually, you know, at some point someone else in my team shortlisted them and send them to me and said, right, well, what do you want to do out of this lot? A really quick way for me to do that was to look at the detail. I want to know specifics. So for example, if I'm buying a product, I want to know paper quality, if I'm buying some sort of stationery, or I want to know how it's printed, or I want to know what sort of coating it has on it, or what's the delivery situation like Get really clear on that. If it's a service, I want to know specifics on like, how does a month to month process work? What does the date look like? How does um, review look like? Like understanding their invoice and understand things like I want all of that there and be able to take it in, process it and work out how that's going to fit in my business for my team. And again, this is all about me, me, me as the consumer. So when you're creating this stuff and putting stuff on your website, please stop thinking about you. It's not about you and it never has been and it never will be. It's about other people. And I think that's really important for you to always be mindful of and always think about. Give detail, give depth. Yes, for some buyer types, they're not going to be interested. Some of them are going to skim through it and be like, that doesn't work for me. Anyone who's an emotive buyer, it's unlikely they're going to be that bothered. But for those people who are analytical buyers, which a lot of people, if you're targeting advanced business owners, are and will be, they're going to want to see the detail and the depth. Because the detail and the depth is the extra mile that some other people just won't go for and just won't even go there. Number seven, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I hope this has given you some food for thought and I hope it's kind of condensing. Like this is a real sales masterclass (laughs) in itself because we're basically just going through a checklist of things that you need to check and work out if you've got. And actually it's quite advanced things that maybe you don't think about because it's not about the basics. It's actually about just little tweaks that you can make. So number seven is around your personal brand. And my learning from this was your personal brand really matters. So make it a thing present yourself well, understand what you stand for. This was really obvious in certain services that I was trying to acquire, um, where people had done this well, people hadn't done this well, some people just completely avoided it altogether. It was really interesting. And I will say, the people that had a strong personal brand or the businesses where there was somebody attached. It did make a difference. It made it easier for the no like and trust situation. It made, it made it easier to have a solid belief that this person or this person's company would help me, would be the thing that I needed. And so I really do think the investment in that is worth it. I think, yes, it's time consuming. Yes, sometimes it can feel like, why are we doing this? Like, is this really paying off? But it makes a difference. Your personal brand does matter. And also, I think how you present yourself really makes a difference, right? So, like, if you work from home, fine. If, you know, I do. Lots of us do. If you... um, What am I trying to say? I'm trying to just say that, like, be mindful of how you show up and what that looks like to your potential clients. And that's not me saying you've got to look like some sort of supermodel or anything. But what I'm saying is, is if your brand values are one thing, make sure that what someone's visually seeing is that. Is it in alignment? Because if it isn't, and it can be really weird and jarring and conflicting when the website says one thing or your social media is saying one type of messaging. But then once you then become and have a conversation and that doesn't make sense, it feels really conflicting for people. Number eight, people want to speak to an expert. This is so important. And it's also really frustrating because for many, many business owners, this is the challenge, right? People want to outsource sales activity. People want to outsource their sales team. But that often comes at a cost and an expense of your conversion rate. And it often comes at a cost of people not fully understanding the offering, as in the person who is the potential purchaser. So they don't like generally consumers don't really want to speak to someone who is just like a random salesperson who's got something that's X price and they're trying to sell it. Now, that's not me saying that you should have to do sales for the rest of your life in your business and no one can help you. But what I am saying is it is hard and it takes time to get right. And when it doesn't go right, it really can feel frustrating for the person who's a consumer. And also, I think if you're going to outsource your sales, you've really got to try and take the time to properly train them and to try and get them to be in your head and your brain space and your sort of way of working as much as possible. You do kind of need to try and carbon copy them. Unless you're selling some sort of technology, right? If you're selling technology, then fine. If you're selling a product, fine. But if it's a service, it's really tricky. If the person who is sort of selling it, they don't understand the subject matter. It's really quite obvious. Um, And I think that's hard to hear for people, right? Because it's something that everybody struggles with in their business as a service provider of when do you outsource that and you know many people have tried to set up agencies to do that there are many sales agencies out there the issue we've got is how successful are they and for a lot of people they find that it's really challenging to get that right we've spoken about this before I'm sure we spoke about it in an episode where I said you know, what businesses, I think someone asked a question about what, where is the space in the market? Where does there need to be a really solid business? And I said, a sales agency that actually works. And the problem is, is it is so tricky to get right. In certain industries, it's easier than others. But um, yeah, generally, that's an issue. Leading on from that, number nine, is that people want to speak to the founder. And again, this isn't me trying to like tear anybody down who Has tried to make this transition and it's working for, like, good for you, great. At the end of the day, you've got to at some point because you can't, it's unsustainable for you to do all the sales calls or for you to, especially if you're scaling fast. But I would say to you, don't give up on your sales activity. If you're a founder, at least commit to doing like one or two sales calls every month because they're always going to be the best ones, in my opinion, if you've committed to learning sales. And, you know, your conversion rate is likely to lower significantly. Not always, but often when you're outsourcing to someone else. But, like, the people want to speak to the founder. They want to hear the person behind what the product is. They want to hear what's going on. If you are someone who wants to up their conversion rate, or sales is an issue for you right now, or you need to make more money, get on a sales call. And start speaking to your customers, start speaking to your potential customers, start speaking to your referrals. Because people are going to be really connected to that. Number 10. This is something that we all know, but I want to reiterate and really make clear. People will watch you for like 12 months plus and formulate in their head a desire to work with you. So people can watch you for six months, for three months, for 12 months, for four years, for 10 years, but in their head, on their goal boards, like they have somewhere a knowledge that they want to work with you and your business. And you are never going to know that. You have no clue whether that's one person in the world or whether there's a hundred thousand people with that. You don't know who is thinking about working with you. Like you are never going to know that, right? We're not mind readers. But my question to you is, is are you actively supporting that? Are you actually actively supporting the fact that people can be watching and silently watching and you have no clue who they are, but they know so much about you and watch so much of your things and really enjoy so much of what you do and a planning to make a purchase with you and a planning to spend money with you and whether that's £20 or in some cases it might be for £200,000 or a million pounds of a contract deal. Are you supporting that or do you give up? Are you just giving up because actually you did something for 90 days and it didn't work? Or God forbid you did something for three days and nothing happened. If that's the space that you are in, you really, 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 really need to shift your mindset and you need to shift how you view this whole experience of brand and marketing sales. Because you've got to take the higher road in the sense of this is going to be for the long haul and the stuff that I'm putting out today is going to make me win. In three years' time, two years' time, ten years' time. Once you get that in your head and actually make it really clear, that's when things will start to get easier. That's when things start to become doable. You step away from the instant gratification. You step away from the immediacy of business and you actually start getting into the real depth of stuff that's really valuable and really interesting for people. So don't give up. Support that vision. Help people go on that journey of wanting to buy from you but they haven't yet. Two more left. Two more points left. If you're enjoying this episode, please screenshot, share on social, tag me, come and have a conversation with me. I hope you're really enjoying this Um, and I'd love to know if you've got any others to add. Maybe you've had a recent sales experience and you're like yeah, it was really bad or maybe it was really good. Maybe I like actually had this amazing sales experience. Like I had a really good one um, and it was fabulous and it was really fast and it was really fun and it was really nice. And I've also had all sorts in between over the last <laughs> few months, weeks, months, I don't know. Time is, is a blur at the moment, um, but it's it's interesting. I'd love to hear more about your um, experiences. So number 11, having a bad sales experience Can be really jarring. And I wanted to just state that as a learning because I think it's really important to remember that it's really disappointing, ultimately. It can be really disappointing when you're looking forward to having a conversation with someone or you really want something to work out or you've really, going back to the last point, thought about working with this person for ages and ages and ages. And then you have a sales call. Or sales interaction or go through their sales process and think this is really bad or this isn't good or this was disappointing. And then the disappointment can turn to frustration and annoyance because you're like, I'm really annoyed about this. <laughs> and so it's just a reminder to you to say, like, just be aware of what your business is doing what is it standing for, what is it putting out, what are people experiencing when they're looking to work with you. Don't make it a bad one and don't make it really jarring and disappointing and frustrating because that's not what we want. Number 12, the final one, I could have gone on for ages but I think these are the most important 12. The final one is something I talk about a lot, following up. This was really, 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 really apparent during this experience, okay. You need to follow up. People want to be followed up with. I need to be followed up with. I'm so busy. Everybody wants me on different things, different emails, different this, that and the other. I want to be followed up with. And don't just follow up once or twice. Follow up until you get a no. You know, follow up until someone says, no, I'm really not interested. Because often I will get someone who followed up and I just haven't responded yet. But it's on my list of things to respond to. But I'm more than happy for them to bring it up further into my inbox and say, hey, just checking in again. Check it. You've seen this. Like, we would love to chat further. What's your thoughts? Do you want to go ahead? Like, please, please follow up. Do it consistently and just be there. People want to hear from you when you're selling something. I think people panic and think no one wants to hear from me. Nobody cares blah, 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 like, I'm a bad person, this thing, that thing, like, you're not, right? If someone's reached out and is interested in buying something, they want you to follow up with them. And unless they say to you explicitly, please do not follow up, I will get in touch with you at the point in which I'm ready to move forward, then you follow up. If they say that, then fine, don't follow up and let them lead. But the majority of people will be happy for you to follow up. Obviously, how you do it is important. And obviously, how you give space for people to share their opinion is important so if it's a no let them say what they want to say ask them for feedback say I'd love to know you know why you didn't choose to go with us I'd love to know what would have swung it the other way I'd love to know um you know how we could improve like ask them that they might not respond or they might respond a long time down the line and that's okay as well it's still useful but give them space to actually express their thoughts because the more you can get an information gather on that and gather the data the better you can make this whole process and I think that's really important if you've actually had a you know if you are the person as the business delivering a sales experience and actually you know it hasn't been the best or it wasn't what you wanted it to be or something has just happened where um you think oh, we've really missed the mark on that Use it as a learning experience. Don't sit and like be miserable about it. Don't spiral and let it go out of control. Don't let it shave like time off the stuff that you could be doing to improve it. Just get your head down and improve it and reach out to people and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I think that was a bit shit or I'm sorry that this didn't work out. We'll try really hard next time to make sure that it does. Apologies. That was my doorbell. Um, (laughs) I did have to go and get it. So sorry about that. However, what I was trying to wrap up there saying at the nearly at the end of this episode is just follow up. And if you get it wrong, move on. Move on and be really open and contact people and say, I'm really sorry that that was a crap experience. That's not what we want to do as a business. Offer your time. Say, can we have another conversation? Can we give it another shot? Um, Don't expect them to say yes, but offer it. You never know what someone's going to be like, but really record your learnings and move on from it. And don't sit and kind of, be annoyed about it. Right. I'm summing up this episode now. We're going to, we're going to leave it there. I will see you next week. Um, just to sum it up though, take your sales process and your sales strategy serious. Really try and make sure that you give people what they want and what they need to be able to buy from you because it's important. And people do want to buy from you. They're desperate to buy from you. You're desperate to find their solution. And you are their solution. So make sure you're there and present and bold. And make it easy for them to buy. I will speak to you next week. Take care. And go and check out some of the episodes. There's so many other episodes in this catalogue now. There's over... Goodness me, how many? Like there's over 75 different episodes. There's lots on sales if you want to dive into sales more, but there's also lots of different ones across a whole different plethora of business topics. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Honest Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you are subscribed. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating and review. To catch up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at may.james underscore, where I share the raw, uncut, behind-the-scenes reality of what running multiple businesses every day truly looks like. As always, links and any resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes below. That's all for this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time.